The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Testing? Testies? Testies? One, two, three? Boner. I don't know shit about fuck. Fucker. I like sucking. Nah, nah, nigga. Legit. Welcome back to Legit Bat. I'm Joe. Jen is with me today. And third time returning champion of the world, Brandon Joe Williams from OneStupidFuck.com. Of course, I'll put his uh, link in the show notes. So we've talked to him a couple times. One of the more popular episodes on YouTube and everywhere, actually. And a lot of people are interested in this kind of thing. And just recently, we've been noticing that he's had so many more successes from people writing in, sending screenshots, and the main thing I want to talk about is the uh, the credit card dis- discharges, because that seems to be the one of the ones that's taken off quite a bit, and it doesn't seem that difficult. It seems like something we could do ourselves, from what I've seen. So, wh- where do you want to start with that? Is it is it one of those things where we have to go over the passport thing again, or is it simpler than that? No, no, you don't need to do any of that to do credit discharges. You can discharge mortgage notes. Uh, you can discharge credit cards. You can discharge car notes. You can discharge business loans, SBA loans, IRS bills, you, any, anything you can think of, uh, state tax, uh, payroll taxes, uh, even, I mean, I'm doing one now, uh, actually, even uh, even court-ordered promissory notes to pay, even court-ordered uh like final judgments and stuff like that. You could even discharge those as well. Uh, I'm literally about ready to start working on one of those for the first time, but I know it's going to work because I, I I know the information behind it. I know the laws behind it and, and, and the, the court will accept the instructions once they're properly written as per exactly as the law. We're going to define everything and walk them through it as if, uh, you know, maybe the judge isn't quite familiar with someone doing something like this, but we're going to line it all up and we're going to say, hey, this is what we're operating off of. or We want this and this and this based off of this, 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 this. And uh, it's not going to be, I really doubt it's going to be an issue at all. I think actually, in fact, the courts are going to be the easiest one to deal with. Uh, the IRS is extremely easy to deal with. Um, your more difficult agencies are for sure, without question, your credit card companies, your financial institution, your loan companies. Those are like top level, most difficult. And then IRS and and I'm assuming the courts, but for sure the IRS is like at the very lowest end of that spectrum in terms of how difficult they are to work with and how quickly and rapidly they will accept this type of payment or information, right? Um, and um, so yeah, so the way the way that a lot of this stuff works is basically the 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 promissory note. So a Federal Reserve note is a promissory note. 
the word promissory note, uh, the word, uh, the term, the term promissory note, the term security, the term negotiable instrument, the term, uh, even the word currency, all of those terms pretty much mean the same thing. Money, money does not mean the same thing. Money means gold and silver coins. So, uh, the, the way that it works is, is when you, when you, whenever you have a promissory note for absolutely anything, like for example, I'm doing a, a real estate deal right now with one of my clients. I just started taking on a ton of clients recently, uh, which is good because it's like a lot of learning experience as well. Um, and we, we have this real estate deal and the real estate deal started falling apart. And I started looking through all the documentations, all the documents of the real estate deal. And I said, well, hold on a second here. We've got a, a promise to pay, a promise to sell at a certain rate. There, all these documents are signed by the, the buyer and the seller. So what I did is I wrote up a document and I sent it to the organization. And I said, hey, I said, you never informed my client that there was a blank endorsement on this. But, you know, uh, and just to back up a little bit for the people who may not be familiar with what I'm talking about, uh, when you sign these promissory notes, it could be a promise to pay anywhere. It could be in a court case. It could be a promise to pay a ticket on the side of the road, which is a security, by the way. A ticket is a security. Uh, you can actually report it to the SEC. Um, uh, a promise, a promissory note, such as a, a mortgage, is a promissory note. Uh, every single time you sign to use your credit card on any receipt at all whatsoever, you are promising to pay. A lot of times in the card member agreement section of your credit card, there's literally a promise to pay section. <laughs> they literally has a headline that says "promise to pay," and then below that it says. You promise to pay, you know, all transactions as part of the card member agreement, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes even on the fucking receipt, it says you promise to pay as per the card member agreement, blah, 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 blah. So what you're doing is everything in your whole life is a security and you just never really knew that, right? There's securities everywhere. And what's crazy is, is that every single time you sign a security, in that moment, in that exact very moment when you sign that security, you are the one bringing that security into reality, into existence. Okay. There's a term, there's actually a technical banking term called holder or holder in due course. Okay. There's a couple different terms. But basically, what it means is you're the one in control, you're the one who has literally all the power, all the ability everything. You're like the king or the god in that moment, right? Now, what you don't realize is that when you just squiggle something on an instrument or a security or a promissory note or some currency, which all means the same thing, you're doing what's called a blank endorsement. And you can look that up online. What it means is basically you're saying, I release this and anyone who wants to claim it can claim it. That's what a blank endorsement is. Even when you sign on credit cards? Everything. Literally everything. You're doing it all the time throughout your entire life. Let's say you live 60 years old in this new world where everything's credit cards. Every single time you sign a mortgage, you're releasing that promissory note. A lot of times, and, and I think if I remember correctly, uh, uh, you, you're actually a mortgage officer, aren't you? Or a mortgage loan officer? Yeah. So, so you ever seen an allonge before? You ever seen that term, allonge? I have. I don't know what it means, but I've seen it. <laughs> so so if you look up mortgages and stuff like that, and you look up what an allonge is, okay, and it's spelled A-L-L-O-N-G-E, right? If you type in uh, allonge definition into the internet, 
Um, uh, Feel free to screen share too if you want. If you have stuff, oh, that's you can right. Show. Yeah, for the video yeah. people. So an Allonge is really, really interesting because I haven't seen a lot of them recently. Usually the endorsements are just stamped directly on the mortgage. I've been getting people sending me a lot of more processed mortgage documents. They've been, we have like a, we're going through like a whole thing right now where we're having everyone go and request all of their processed mortgage documents. Fascinating. I can't do a screen share. It doesn't appear to be a choice. I think it might be disabled. Oh, let's see. Oh, here it is. Sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. I, I'm super dumb right now. Oh, so done most here we go. Time. It's just going to load. Give it a second here. Can you see it now? Yep. Okay, so so I will show you guys this because she's going to find this really fascinating. Uh, we got a lot of... Uh, I've been having people send me all their processed mortgage documents, right? And we've been finding this is the endorsement that's stamped on all of the mortgages that were well there's different types of endorsements so so I can cover a whole bunch of different ones they're all very similar but they do have some differences right so so this is one that I got here uh paid to the order of now this is the same if you look uh so if you look up what does a check look like uh you'll see here the wording on the check if I can make it bigger um the wording on the check is pay to the order of if you look in your checkbook mm -hmm. all your checks say pay to the order of and then they're referring to pay the payee right uh it's the same exact wording on the endorsement pay to the order of right so when you when you do a lot of research on what a check is exactly a check is just an order so what they're doing is they're actually they're actually converting the promissory note using this endorsement or an allonge, which we'll talk about, and and they are writing check. Uh, they're they're turning the promissory note into a check, and they're having the value of that promissory note exchanged with the Federal Reserve. This is actually instructions that are going to the Federal Reserve via what's called the Federal Reserve window, which is a term that I was actually told about by a guy who's actually a very senior executive banking officer in a bank right now, literally still working there, who's been banking for almost 30 years. And he told me that the term that's used is the Federal Reserve window, which is the a swap spot. It's it's basically like a the idea of where securities are swapped for Federal Reserve notes. And so they'll your, your mortgage company will take that processed mortgage document. They're going to stamp something like this on it paid to the order of. Now, without recourse, what that means is uh basically like that's that this is it. Like if you if you process this, there's no the to disclaim responsibility for future non-payment, especially of a negotiable financial instrument, which is that's what this is. Okay. Negotiable just means exchangeable. Okay. So uh without recourse is literally a, a phrase that one party has no legal claim against another party uh it's it's like it's like fuck you like you you process this and like that's it you know uh you know the you take no responsibility if the check bounces i mean it's just like a it's a complete blanket protection clause right and you'll notice it's in that that terminology is in all of these huh 
I've seen that a lot on the uh, the credit card ones too. When they dis when they attempt to discharge them, they'll put without recourse. Does that mean take this and you can't do anything after that? Or oh yeah, I mean you write without recourse. Like if you if you sign, you could start signing your credit card receipts just without recourse. And and it basically just means there's nothing you can do about this. Don't come after me about this. I'm not paying this. Literally, without recourse is like is like God mode. It's like writing God mode on your on your on your your transactions. Okay, so so every single one of these has that terminology on it, right? Obviously, because these guys know the game, right? With without recourse on this one's down here, and then without recourse on this one's up here. You'll see it in different places, but it's always there. Uh, pay to the order of, which is your check terminology for the payee. This is this is who they want the check written out to for the value of the promissory note uh, that they're trying to exchange. Buy. This is normal terminology for this kind of a thing. You'll see it every single time. You'll always see by and then a line or by colon and then a line. This is where the person signs. So, so, so when you just most people just have just the signature. So if you were to remove all this other terminology and all the other words, and you just have the signature here. That's called a blank endorsement. Now, this type of endorsement where you have all these instructions is either called a, it's either called a conditional, qualified, restrictive, or there's another term, I forget, but there's different types of endorsement. This is a very, very restrictive, highly detailed, full endorsement. That, that would be the, the technical way of saying it, right? Now, the holder which is the person that's bringing the security into existence or exchanging the security or, or currently has power over the security or is currently holding the security in a way where no one else can do anything until you release it, which is what you're doing all the time. You have the power to write absolutely any instructions you want on the security. And, and once you release it, they have to, have to, have to, to follow your instructions exactly, or it's up to 30 years in prison. Oh, wow. They have to, have to, have to follow your instructions exactly. Otherwise, it's it's, it's literally called purloining or, or stealing uh, uh, negotiable instruments, which I believe don't doesn't even have any statute of limitations. So you could do this on shit that you've had 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. You can start going after people. Uh, and then on top of that, um, uh, it's it's gnarly, 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 gnarly. So I can show you a few of those. Um, let me pull up another window here. If we go to my resources page and we go down to the legal section with all the different uh, crimes. And, and for anybody who to... hasn't been to his website yet, it's hilarious. It's, it's <laughs> and a, informative. It's a treat just to go read the shit he says on there. <laughs> and informative, yeah. So, so, um, let me see here. This is there's one big one. Here's a big one, right? Uh, here we go. 18 USC 1348, right? Securities and commodities fraud. Okay. So let's say you do uh, a blank endorsement. Okay. You just squiggle your bullshit on there and then you hand it over. This wouldn't apply. And the reason why is because you've actually released that. You released that security to them to do whatever they want. You've basically essentially uh, donated 
or 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 released or gifted or however you want to say it that instrument to the other person right now when you do when you do a restrictive or a full or a qualified endorsement or a conditional endorsement that's the fourth term i was looking for conditional or qualified uh and you can type all those endorsements into the internet or you can watch my infinite money videos on youtube and i break down the different definitions of the different types of endorsements right um but it says here, uh, when you were saying that on like every time you swipe your card, you can just write without recourse on there and that's basically done, but they're still going to bill you for that. So does that actually help you or is it just kind of a funny, funny? Well, if it, you, the thing is, is that, okay, so, so, so these receipts, right? I, I've thought about this a lot. These receipts, right? Where do they go? You sign them into existence and then what? Nobody ever sees them again. Well, yeah, I've I've asked a lot of I go to play. I go, what do you do with all these receipts? You know, I've asked a lot of places, bars, and they say they just get stuffed in some bag and they just sit in some garage. You know, now I imagine that at some point in time or somewhere in the contract, I'm assuming the the financial institution has the right to request copies of those to look at the endorsements and stuff like that. See, the the, the real issue is that because literally no one go knows what's going on and because what what i'm talking about is you could say it's secret but it's it's all very out there in the open it's just that no one has ever figured it out for whatever reason and the only people who know anything about it are the big bankers who who make all the money off of it right so uh and, and i don't really consider it all that complicated uh personally it's taken me a long time to understand it but um to answer your question, I mean, you know, if you keep copies of your receipts and you keep copies of your endorsements, it's sort of like you go to court and they're like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, hold on a second there. You know, I've, I put restrictive endorsements on all of those. I have the evidence right here, judge. You know, uh, you're building your case. You're building your case. I, I look at everything in my whole life as though I'm building a case. I'm always building a case. What about um, in the case of uh, buying things online where you're not actually signing for it, you're just putting in your number and everything, and then they bill you? Like you're not even endorsing anything on that. Well, technically you are, uh, because if you look at the back of your credit card, there is a signature section. Oh, okay. That's I considered know. like your like your default signature. When you open up a bank account, there's also the signature card. And by the way. For anyone listening to this, you can go into the bank and you can change your signature card anytime you want. They will let you do that. So if you want to change your, your basic default signature, and signature and endorsement are the same term, by the way. Uh, so if you would like to go and change your endorsement for any reason, you can always do that. And you can always order a new card and you can always take a picture of the back of it and send it into the company and let them know that this will now be your new basic restrictive endorsement from this point forward on all transactions. Chances are they'll probably close your account and then that's when you'll have to litigate and you will be able to get that account reopened, okay? So uh, this is kind of a whole, it's a whole shabam, right? But anyways, going on to this, right? So uh, to defraud any person in connection with any commodity or future delivery or any option on a commodity for future delivery or any security let's see here to obtain by means of false or fraudulent pretenses representations or promises any money or property in connection with the purchase or sale of any commodity for future delivery or any option on a commodity for future delivery or any security of an issuer with a blah 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 
uh, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 25 years. That's just one, right? And then we have um, transporting goods, monies, or securities that were acquired under false or fraudulent pretenses. That's up to 10 years in prison. Uh, we have uh, knowingly receiving stolen property. Uh, three years in prison. Uh, this is the 30-year one here. Lending, credit, and insurance institutions. Embezzles, abstracts, purloins, or willfully misapplies any money or security or value uh, belonging to someone uh, pledged or otherwise entrusted to its care. So with the credit card companies, this would be the nastiest one you could actually bring up. Uh, this one's really nasty. 30 years in prison. Um, this this is only going to work for uh like actual banking institutions, right? So is that one of the things you'll put on the uh the discharge notice or the you know paid in full or whatever is like. The, well, I mean, the, you, you a lot of people like to get all fucking bent out of shape and violent and crazy out, right out the gate. I mean, I don't do that any, really. I mean, you know, it, these things have a time and a place because you know twenty percent of the time or twenty five percent of the time. You can send in your endorsements and they'll take them, but it's so hit or miss. There's, there's no pattern to it at all whatsoever. Um, it's just completely random. <laughs> We've gotten it up. I mean, at first it was like 5%. We were getting hits, you know, and now we're at probably like 20 or 25%. And frankly, I don't think we're going to get a lot higher than that, uh, which is why I've moved into just straight up mainline litigation. Like I'm just gonna start going fucking absolute ape shit in the courts. Like I'm just gonna go fucking nuts. <laughs> so so you know everything in my whole life, dude. Like everything, I'm going after everything. Every credit card I've ever had, every ticket I've ever gotten, everything. My driver's license. I'm going after the DMV. Everybody. Nice. So the thing is, is that uh, going back to this situation right what is the definition of an allonge right let's let's go back to that uh there's one definition that someone showed me that i really liked let me let me see if i can find it is this one of those things where you have to use a certain definition for it like black's law or something like that well allonge is an actual banking term um uh -oh. and you'll see you'll see what i'm talking about here right here right here this is something that she's seen before uh i'm sure right a launch to note and then it says loan number property principal balance and you look you see the same terminology buy you see pay to the order of see that mm -hmm. without recourse right here see you see the same fucking words they're just in different places right so what is an allonge a launch is um, is a slip of paper affixed to a negotiable instrument such as a bill of exchange or a promissory note for the purpose of receiving additional endorsements. There's the word right there. I like to spell it with an I because the original spelling in the bill of exchange acted with, with an I, but you're not really going to see that a lot. You're going to see mainly with an E because that's kind of how they spell it these days. I don't really know why yet. Uh, for which there may not be sufficient space on the bill itself. An endorsement written on the allonge is deemed to be written on the bill itself, right? So 
So if you look at um, like this, this is a stamp. They stamped this this endorsement right on the bill, but let's uh, on the promissory note. But let's say, for example, there's so much writing here and it's so tight and it's double sided or whatever, and it's like there's nowhere to put a stamp. That's where they would use an allonge and they would attach this. So it's basically, to the, just like an addendum, like a. It's literally just for an endorsement. It's literally just for an endorsement. That's all it is. An allonge is just an attachment that has the endorsement. So, so once you release the promissory note to the mortgage company, they now become the holder. And now what they do is now they're adding the allonge or they're stamping the restrictive endorsement on the instrument because now they're the one in control of the instrument. You've released control of the instrument to them. They make the instrument payable to themselves, but you can make the instrument payable to yourself. You can actually attach an allonge to the note. You can write loan number, property, principal balance, allonge to note dated in favor of Brandon Joe Williams and executed by Brandon Joe Williams, paid to the order of Brandon Joe Williams, Without recourse, Brandon Joe Williams by signing Brandon Joe Williams, name Brandon Joe Williams, title, man. <laughs> Literally that simple. Literally that simple, right? So if you, you send that into the mortgage company? I guess I'm confused by that. So, once so what happens is, is once the mortgage company receives that note or that allonge or that document, they don't have a choice. They have to process it. They literally don't have a choice. If they try to fuck around or do anything with it, they're actually purloining or stealing or misappropriating those funds. And it's a criminal penalty up to 30 years in prison. So that's all you do is send an allonge in. Well, in allonge, you don't need you don't need the allonge. You only need the allonge if there's no room on the actual instrument itself. So like this one here is a good example. You have this big ass white space. You can write, you don't even need a stamp. You can just write it with an ink pen. Now, you don't want to write it. Let's say you don't want to write it with a black ink pen that makes it look just like this. You would want to write it like maybe with a red pen or a blue pen, and you would want it to be like in larger. You want you want to make sure people can see it. You might even want to put like, like let's say you take a blue pen and you write pay to the order of Brandon Joe Williams without recourse by Brandon Joe Williams, Brandon Joe Williams, you know, man, whatever you want to put down here. It doesn't matter what you put for the, you might even want to put like a little, you know, just take your ink pen and just put a little box around it like this or something. I don't know. You could do whatever you want or like a couple little stars, maybe one here, or one there. Like you're, you're basically stating like, this is not, this is something completely separate. This is something like not involving the rest of what's up here or even do it sideways, like at a 45 degree angle. You, you, there has to be something that, so people can find it. Cause sometimes something mortgage, yeah, sometimes the mortgage documentation is like a whole fuck ton of documents. Like they 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 have to actually be able to like quickly and rapidly locate this endorsement, right? So here's yeah. some more examples. After the fact, though, like because I had somebody specifically on YouTube ask uh, about keeping the bank from taking her home, and I I told her I'd try to get, work that in. So if it gets that far, like what's what's the process to go about re-endorsing it? Well, here, here, we'll just go through some more examples real quick before I answer that, right? Here's here's another example. Here's a stamp here, stamp here. You know, this is a bit tight in terms of whoever was doing this. Uh, Gloria San Miguel and Brenda D. Underwood. Uh, 
this is almost like a launch territory because look, it's so tight that the 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 stamp barely fits on the on the on the instrument, right? Over here, it's 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 kind of similar because it's like here's the stamp right here, right? Here's the here's the endorsement stamp, and it's it's in the same sort of the same color and the same size as everything else, so it gets kind of like lost in the document. Uh, a launch might have been a better choice, uh, right? This is a little bit better. This is like a big, huge, empty space at the bottom, right? And here's a here's an endorsement: "Pay to the order of without recourse." Name of the group, and then the signature. And then look, they have four little pre-printed boxes as to the four people that are approved to make endorsements on behalf of that organization. The person just check boxes which person it is, and then they put their signature. <laughs> So scrolling down, right? And that's cool because they keep control, I guess, over who can do the endorsements. I guess that's how they do it. It's probably like a like a like a corporation issued stamp. You're not allowed to use any other stamp except the corporate issued ones. I mean, whatever. Uh, here's another one. You have a nice big open space at the bottom of the. It looks like at the end of the documentation because you have you know number thirteen, and then you have a signature, and then you have the white space. So they just boom put the stamp right here. Signature, Lucy Fassell, Assistant Vice President. And then uh, here's another example. This one's from Bank of America. Uh, huge, nice, big white space down here uh, at the bottom of your document. Now, now the, th the thing about this is you never see this. This happens after you release the document. So you've already said, you've already said I don't want this uh, million dollars security multi-million dollar security or whatever it might have been that you just released like a mortgage is a very very high value security that you just released uh with no condition uh when they get it it's theirs they can do whatever they want and you don't even need to know about it like you've released it you've gifted it it's gone so they take it now they own it now and then they make it payable to themselves bank of america you see gotcha. uh and then here we have a home side lending same thing uh, at the bottom of this one, you have two different endorsements. I don't know why. Uh, one from the executive vice president and one from senior vice president. So I don't know why they have two. But the original endorsement, the open endorsement, you're you're releasing it to them to do whatever they want with it, and then they put the re without recourse endorsement. How are you changing that with your open endorsement already there? How do you reverse this? You're saying, how do you reverse this process? Yeah. So the thing is, is that you, you were never told that you were gifting these. You were never told that, that these are valuable securities. You were never told. Now, one of the things that they have to prove in a court of law is intent. Intent is everything in the law. Right? We'll be right back after this quick ad break. So get the skip button ready. But if it doesn't play, well, lucky you. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Like, for example, uh, manslaughter, you can go to jail for like two to four or five years, right? And then murder, it's like 30 to life. The difference between manslaughter and murder is just intent. The intent to steal versus 
not intending to steal is like a world of difference. The intent to commit fraud versus the non-intent to commit fraud is like a world of difference. Intent means everything. Intent is almost basically the difference between crime and non-crime almost in the, in the law, right? So what happens is they have to prove in a court of law that you intended to do a blank endorsement, right? And 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 there's something called breach of contract. There's something called fraud. There's something called non-disclosure. There's something called uh, breach of fiduciary duties. So if 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 it's their responsibility to service you, and it's their responsibility to help you to buy a home, let's say for example, right? And they hand you this documentation, and they never disclose to you any of that information. It's very 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 easy to win in a court of law because who in their right mind? Let's say it's a million dollar mortgage note. Who in their right mind would just gift a million dollars to JP Morgan Chase? Like, like if I went on the street and I interviewed, let's say like a hundred thousand people. And I said, if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket, would you hand it over to JP Morgan Chase out of a hundred thousand people? How many would say yes to that question? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Exactly. It's not hard to prove intent. It's like the easiest thing in the world. They cannot prove that you intended to gift the security to JP Morgan Chase or Lakeview Loan Services LLC or any. So, so what happens is you say because of non-disclosure, because of a breach of fiduciary duties, because of fraud, I didn't realize and I was never told that this was this was a blank endorsement. I never had an intent to do any of these things. Who in their right mind, even the most insane people in the world would not do this? This is like this is like beyond even the classification of an insane person. Okay. So you say because of fraud, the original blank endorsement is hereby null and void. The new endorsement is without recourse, paid to the order of Brandon Joe Williams by signature of Brandon Joe Williams. Brandon Joe Williams, whatever you want for this man or attorney in fact or agent or creditor. Because what you don't realize is that the bank has never loaned you anything. You've always been the creditor. When you sign the promissory note into existence, you're creating the value of the promissory note. Then that promissory note is exchanged for Federal Reserve notes. You're you're essentially manufacturing the currency yourself. You are the creditor. The banking institution is nothing more than a currency exchange window. They're exchanging the value of that promissory note that you just created for Federal Reserve notes. So, have you had any uh, successes with discharging mortgages? Like, like I, I don't, I don't mean like a step by step process, but how do you begin something like that if you have a mortgage? That's, I mean, how what I wouldn't one? bother. I wouldn't bother really communicating directly with the mortgage company because they're just going to play dumb. I would just go literally just exactly what I just said. You're going to write up a, a a complaint. And this is what I'm learning right now. And I'll be teaching how to do this more and more as I learn it. But you're going to be writing up a, comp a federal complaint or a state complaint. And you're going to say exactly what I've said in the show. I didn't realize there was a non-disclosure. I didn't realize there was, you know, and you can even put in there like, hey, look, I realize that it's my responsibility to understand my own uh, uh, contracts. I realize it's my response. You, you, you're not... You're not playing the victim card. There's a difference between 
saying there's fraud here. This is ridiculous and insane. Fuck this. And saying, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the victim. Those are two different. Nobody wants to fucking hear the latter. Nobody wants to fucking hear it. I don't care who you are, unless it's your mom or something. They don't want to fucking hear it. Okay. So, yeah. So, so it's like, it's not, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. Boo hoo. They're a piece of shit. Bob, no one wants to hear that shit. Judge don't want to hear it. Bailiff doesn't want to hear it. County clerk doesn't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. Right. So what you do is you say, look, it's very matter of fact. There was a promissory note. I did a blank endorsement, had no idea I was doing a blank endorsement. Nobody ever taught me anything. And 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 the intent here is the is the main point. You're never ever ever gonna pr- you know, you put it in your documentation. Why would anyone, it, even even an insane person, why would anyone gift away an instrument like this with a blank endorsement? Like <laughs> there, there's no possible way. You could ever prove intent, and you put that in your in your complaint uh, to the federal court or whatever, and and you're going to say, look, like if I would have known what what was going on here, then I would have I would have put a, a restrictive or qualified or or conditional or full endorsement on this document or an allonge. I would have put you know an allonge uh, uh, attached an allonge to the document to 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 put in my endorsement. Okay. And and this old endorsement, this blank endorsement of me squiggling some horse shit on the paper is gone. Now, because of fraud and non-disclosure and breach of fiduciary duties, A, uh, the, the, this, this mortgage is gone. It discharged itself off the second I, I should have done a restrictive endorsement from the very beginning. B, every single dollar that has ever been paid towards this, every single Federal Reserve note, is by definition an overpayment and needs to be returned to me immediately. C, an additional $10 million for breach of fiduciary duty, for non-disclosure, and also for like, you, you can even do like damages, like for the anxiety. Like every month you're scared and, and you've been under duress by this organization that says that if you don't pay, they're going to come and they're going to foreclose on your home. when the whole thing that whole that's that's it, that's literally mafia that's like you you could you could do harassment on that you could do peonage on that which is up to 30 years in prison uh you could do all sort you could do involuntary servitude which is also 30 years in prison you could do slavery which is like 30 or 40 years in prison i mean you could go like hard as fuck on your complaint and you could say 10 million 15 million 20 million so let's say let's say you've paid 200,000 into your mortgage. You're going to get your whole house discharged plus you're going to get your 200,000 back plus you're going to get 10, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 million dollars on top of all of that for all the damages and all of the felonies. That's that's a lot of felonies, bro. We're talking about a lot of felonies here. You what? Civil suit or a federal like a criminal? Complaint? It'd be it'd be civil unlimited. It's called civil unlimited. There's two types of civil. There's civil limited and there's civil unlimited. It just has to do with how large you're suing for, and because obviously this kind of a lawsuit is going to be fucking massive. Uh, it'd be civil unlimited. So it'd be a civil unlimited suit. So has anybody tried this yet, or are you going to try it first? I'm I'm going to do this. This is this is a thousand percent where I'm going. Because I mean, think about it. I could take half. It's never going to go to a jury trial. They they would never, ever, 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 ever let something like this go to a jury trial. Because if it did, I would win 
bro, I would close that jury so fucking fast. I walk in there looking like a homeless person. I'll, I'll, dude, I'll walk in there with a bottle of Jack Daniels in my hand, like almost like fucking getting, getting contempt of court charges and shit. And I'll fucking win that. I'll win that. Bro, I, I could write little fucking slips of paper and not even say anything. And I could win that with the jury. It's the easiest fucking thing in the world. Right. Uh, so, there, they, they, there's no way they're ever going to let it go to a jury. So let's say, let's say I start doing this for people, and I take half. I write up a few documents. I send them in. We go back and forth a little bit. Maybe we'll do like one in-person interview because they want to like test me to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. And then boom, I just made twenty million dollars <laughs> for like for like literally no work at all whatsoever. Like so, so yeah, hell yeah, I'm definitely going down this road. Well, when you get your first success on that let me know and uh you can be uh, we can be your client because yeah i'm down to try yeah that. i just so for in the industry i work in i was just under the impression that the i um, all right so there were some things i didn't know like i didn't realize the note itself is ours it's something that is for us i thought that the stamp on there that you're showing is like the lien almost like the bank is agreeing that this 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 note is worth this amount of money this person's agreeing to pay it and they're stamping it and saying, boom, like pay this to ourselves, I guess. And so you're saying we can go back in and say, you know what, we never knew that. So we want this all back. This note belongs to us. And and we owe all of the you owe us all of the money that we paid in. Yeah. So every penny that's ever been paid on any mortgage is actually by definition an overpayment. And fraud because they knew about it. Terrible fraud. Terrible, terrible fraud. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is so, so gnarly. In fact, I mean, you could even go as far as to like, uh, you, you, you could, if you wanted to get ballsy enough, you could go all the way and do a terrorism charge on this. I'm literally not even fucking kidding. I'm literally not even fucking kidding. Well, they that's are how terrorists. So that's that's how intense this this situation is. I mean, so we there's should be so trying, many felonies. Trying mortgage paperwork we should just have a stamp just like this with all of our information on it and just stamp everything like that they would yes now now what's going to happen is we're starting to do that a lot right and the the banks and the dealerships everyone's freaking out because there's a lot of my people are doing this with cars okay now what they do is they play a lot of fucking games we can't process this you need to come in and resign it sometimes they'll give you the car and then a month later you'll get a phone call Oh, your 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 documents can't be processed. We need you to come in and sign them again. They won't give you any information though. You ask any questions. Oh, we don't know. We don't know. There's just a problem with the documentation. Blah blah blah. Plain stupid. It now we don't even know if the people who call. Yeah, we don't even know if the people. No. These could be like foot soldiers, and they really don't know. They really don't know the answer, right? So, I mean, so the thing is, is that. Uh, you know, like that, we're at this whole other phase now. We had a girl just a few days ago who just got herself a brand new Escalade with like a 479 credit score, no money down, nothing. I saw that. That was awesome. Yeah. So she's I not going to pay anything on that. She's not going to pay anything on that, on that ever. She will never make a payment. Now, yeah. will they come and repo the car? I don't know. Because the thing is, is that a lot of these, these financial companies, they don't give a fuck. Now, Sometimes they will, you know, push the envelope. Sometimes they won't. You never really know. Uh, again, it comes down to litigation. Once you can litigate, once you can write up a basic complaint and you can send it into the court, which is what I'm learning right now, how to do that. And I'll teach it. I'm going to be teaching everybody. Uh, it, it, everything becomes very, very simple. You get the car. They threaten you. 
you file litigation uh, complaint, and then boom, it just everything disappears. They send you the title, the car's yours. It's always going to go like that. I know it's going to go like that. There's no question I'd in my be mind. More of a pain. So, uh, but the, the thing is, is that if you're not that, that's that's really the difference between a hundred percent success and, like I said, maybe twenty twenty five percent success. Now that's with cars. Mortgages and houses is a whole nother animal. There's no fucking way they're going to discharge a mortgage without some kind of litigation. You got to at least file the complaint. There's no fucking way, bro. Like, no. th- you really think that they're going to like like let the lid off on like the biggest fucking scam that's ever occurred on the entire fucking history of planet earth without a fight. Like not no. in this market. No, no way. There, there's never going to happen. Right. So, you know, and good people are scared of this information as well, because good people are like, well, if this is it, you know, the whole fucking economy is going to explode and all this stuff's going to happen. And you know, the way I look at it is this truth is truth. Things are getting worse. Inflation's getting worse. Even fucking who was it? George Washington said that if the banks get into control, you know, uh, in America, you know, eventually all the people that we work so hard and all the, you know, the children and the next generation will wake up on the streets, you know, with nothing, you know, or whatever. I forget the exact quote, you know what I mean? But sounds about so what's, right. Yeah, what's happening is this. So, 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 so the way that the way that the financial world actually works. Okay, this is how it works. So, the the basic piece of information everyone knows, which is supply and demand or value versus perception value. So the more of something that there is, the less perceived value that it has. Like Toyota Priuses, they're everywhere. Who gives a fuck, right? Then you see like a fucking Koenigsegg. You've never seen a Koenigsegg in your entire life. You're like, holy fuck, that's a cool car, right? Like, wow, it's a valuable car, right? So, you know, it's like, uh it's like anything right there's one high rise in in town right so it's like those are going to be really expensive apartments because there's no other high rise like i know like like there's certain areas like i think it's like st louis that's why there's only like a few high rise buildings the fucking high rises there are more expensive than the high rises in fucking new york city and it all comes down to supply and demand right so if there's not very many of something then blah blah blah, right so so by definition inflation is the idea that as people know there's there's more and more and more currency of that particular type being being printed and put into that you know whatever you know that's inflation it's very simple it's 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 you know so what happens is every single time you process a credit card transaction every single time you process a mortgage they're taking the promissory note and they're 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 exchanging that promissory note for federal reserve notes the federal reserve is printing those federal reserve notes and and giving those printed Federal Reserve notes to the banking institution. So what you're looking at is you're looking at you're basically looking all the way down into the black core of the entire banking cartel scam. You sign the security into existence, and then they swap that security and they inflate the money supply by paying themselves the full value of the entire security. And then expecting you to pay it again. So all the money that's being printed literally basically in the entire society until people start doing this and making it payable to themselves is all going to the banking cartel. Everything is going to the banking cartel because you're basically, you don't realize that you're, you're donating it. You're donating it, right? So the banking cartel is getting 100% of all the new printed money 
Plus, on top of that, people are going bankrupt and people are having to deal with inflation, which who gets the property and the cars and everything when people default on their loans? The banks. The banks do. So it's basically like this gigantic, humongous, like massive alligator that's just literally eating up everything in the entire country. So they're basically making money like three or four times over on one property. That's right. That's right. So you got to think to yourself this, if you start to mess with this, they're going to freak out. They're not going to let you do it. They're going to say there's something wrong with your documents. You can't process this, blah, 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 all the horseshit. That's why I say you're going to have to, you're going to have to involve a little bit of litigation, which is not as difficult as you think it is, but I will be releasing more videos in the advanced course as to exactly how that works. You just drop a little complaint. You put the information that I've said in this, in this, in this thing, you know, you can go down to the courthouse and you can file a complaint and you can file a, an additional document that I forget what it's called. It's called like a, uh, uh, application of pauperism or something like that. And you can actually fill out a little, a little cover letter. And it basically says that you don't have the money to pay the court fees. Right. And it goes to a judge, and if they look at it and they see that it's like a realistic court case that could possibly go somewhere, they'll approve to actually run the court case, and they'll actually have like uh, uh, serving the documents. So once you get the documents back from the court and it has the stamp on it, you have you're actually responsible for serving those documents to the person that you're suing, right? So. Uh, when you when you serve the documents, a lot of times you serve them through, like for example, the U.S. Marshals. There's a form that you can fill out called a serving form, and you send the documents and the form and the payment to the U.S. Marshals, and then the U.S. Marshals literally go out and they serve the document for you, right? So you can have the serving fees, the court fees, and everything all rolled into almost like a little escrow account. <laughs> And then once you win the case, the court takes their money, the U.S. Marshals take their money, and then you get everything, and you never pay it at all to get the court case rolling. Oh, wow. So that's what I was wondering, because I know filing a uh, civil complaint, I mean, it's not it, I mean, it's not cheap. It's like 500 bucks or something. It's like, like 500 that. bucks, yeah. Now, you can, now, 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 obviously, I know that's cost prohibitive for a lot of people, so, so I went a little deeper, and I found out that you can do, you can do it all for free. It's all free. You can do it for free and you just write up that complaint and you just write, you know, like, like I just said, you just write blah, blah, blah. Now, now there's actual literal court cases where when, when you're, when you're what's called pro se, which means that you're, you're, you're presenting yourself in a court of law, right? The, the rules and like what they kind of make you go by and like how aggressive they are with procedure goes way, 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 way down. There's literally case law on this. So like a lawyer there's a lot like they'll, they'll bust his chops and you you can't do that this way. And it's gotta be this way, but a pro se they're like way, way, way easier on. It's part of the legal process. This is so you can kind of fuck it up and like, you're not sure where things go and you can kind of like, you could just write complaint and put like plaintiff, your name, defendant, American express. And then you can just write up what I was just saying, literally. And you can say like, I didn't know the original note on my mortgage and blah, blah, mortgage LLC. And you can say like, it was a, it was a, a originally done as a blank endorsement, but had I known it wouldn't have done that. This is fraud, breach of fiduciary duty, non-disclosure. Uh, and it also violates 18 USC 642 and this other one and everything else. Uh, you know, you, you can, you can put all that in the complaint 
and then you can do the 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 request of pauperization or whatever it is cover letter and then once it gets approved then you're you're good you don't need any upfront money to get this rolling uh millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars plus your home is fully discharged so it's really important to know the definitions i wasn't i didn't necessarily know that when we first spoke with you that the definitions were so important because when someone signs off on a mortgage there is a stack of paperwork that they can read that pretty much outlines what's going to happen and if they don't they don't read it whatever but what you're describing is something that is not in that paperwork those definitions those banking terms those legal terms that we don't really understand because we're not taught that you know you're you're told how much you're going to owe and how much it will cost over time and who you're going to be paying but you're also not told that they're going to get paid up front and that that note is a security and that it belongs to you. You're also, it's actually even crazier than that. Um, if you want to go even a step farther, it's even, it's actually even crazier than that because think about this. You, you hold that security. So the interest on that security is not payable to the bank. It's actually payable to you. So what, what you don't realize is that is that what you actually want is you want the highest possible interest rate. Like if I had a trade between a 4% mortgage and a 37% interest rate mortgage, I would pick the 37% interest rate mortgage. Because you're the creditor. Because I'm the one that's going to get that 37%. Yeah. So I would even put it in the documentation. Look, if you guys want to hold this instrument for a while and let it mature, go for it. Because I'm going to be the one that gets paid the interest on it. You see? So the thing is, is that what people don't realize is that low interest rates is actually the worst thing. Higher interest rate is actually what you want. At least for a bit until you litigate, right? No. And all, all, all the interest for everything, your credit cards, your mortgage, your car loan, your SBA loan, all of it, all the interest for all of those things is all payable to you. So pivoting now to the credit card thing because i'm very interested in that do you start with litigation on that too because the screenshots i've seen that you've posted doesn't look like they litigated it looks like they had paper statements from their credit cards basically put the rec without recourse endorsement on there put the paid in full on the uh statement you know payment sheet and sent it in is it that easy or is there more to it than that some creditors were getting some success some creditors, they they will absolutely close your account instantaneously, literally every single time. Like for example, Capital One, they shut everything down instantly as soon as they get these. So uh, do they at least zero out the account first, or they no do they just no they do not. They pretend like they never received it. They say we never got it, blah blah blah. But they close the account and they they'll say oh because of. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, you're 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 using the account in ways that were not expected as per the card member agreement. We have the right to close your account for any reason, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll say we didn't get the payment. We don't know. They'll play dumb. They'll say it's not a payment. Payments must be made in U.S. dollars uh, or by check. But what's funny is that the restrictively endorsed bills that we're sending in by definition are a check. And when you sue, you can say that to the judge and the judge will rule in your favor. It is a check. It is payable in US dollars. So the funny thing is, is that when you litigate, it's very, very, very easy to win because even the very letters that they're sending you back is all, it's all, it's all what you're doing. It's like, it's like I send in federal reserve notes and then they send me a letter saying, we can't accept this. We only accept federal reserve notes. <laughs> it's literally what's occurring. 
I'm not kidding. That's literally what's occurring. So when you litigate, it, it's it's literally like the actual letter that they sent you that denied your payment is the exact letter you're going to use to win. That letter is evidence. that letter is basically evidence that you just won the court case. So you're saying that a payment, so money or digital dollars or whatever it is, is the same exact thing as that payment coupon that they send you. Well, the defin here the uh, the definition of the word payment because there's actually a special definition, a banking definition, right? Uh, let me pull it up here. I'm not going to do a screen share. This is just on my website. Uh, it's not like a, a source material. I mean, I could pull it up on Black's Law, but it's just going to take a while. So I'll just do it on my website. Uh, definition of payment is the fulfillment of a promise or the performance of an agreement, right? So, So the performance of the agreement is that you become the holder of the note and then you endorse the note. You just performed. That performance is by definition a payment. Performance and payment are the same word. Gotcha. So again, this is why the definitions are super important because you have to have that confidence and you know know what you're doing when they come back because they're going to come back for sure. Yeah. People believe in America anyways, people believe that the word payment means to send in Federal Reserve notes. If you said that in a court of law, they would they would literally belly laugh at you. That's not that it has absolutely nothing to do with what with what a payment is. A payment is only and exclusively the fulfillment of a promise or the performance of an agreement. The agreement was that there's gonna be uh, you know, that you're going to pay this at this interest rate and blah, 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 blah. And then they slide a promissory note over to you that is the full value of the entire promise of what you just made. All you do is just claim, you claim ownership of that promissory note. You slide it back across the table. You've, you've both completed performance. That's it. The whole contract is now completed as if, as if you just fast forwarded in time 30 years on a mortgage. You just did all that instantaneously in one moment. So Performance is completed. To try, like, just because it's easier to, to do the uh, you know paper statement thing and just send it in and see if it goes, or would you rather just go straight to litigation on some of these credit card companies? It depends on how you want to look at it. You could do either way, but the thing is, is that if you send in paper, essentially, the way I look at it is this: you're just building the case. You're just building the case. Everything you're doing. You're just building the case. If you call in, record it because it's going to be building the case. If you send in a letter, make sure you keep copies, scan everything into your computer, uh, you know, scan it into your computer in a way where you're going to be able to print it later for the courts. Don't take pictures of it with your cell phone because that can be harder to print a huge picture. It's going to cost more money. It's going to be more difficult. Uh, get a good scan. Make sure it's legible. Uh, keep Keep records of things. Keep copies of things. Uh, because because chances are you're going to be building your case, and then in your complaint, in your federal complaint or whatever, to the to the court, you're going to say, on this date I mailed this, then I got this response. On this date I mailed this, I got this response. I requested to have these these securities transferred. I requested this. I requested that. All my requests were denied. Um, you know, as the they are the trustees, I'm the beneficiary, and and this is all fraud. This is all non disclosure. I don't know why. 
they're breaching their fiduciary duty and, and breaching breaching this contract by not performing. See, the thing is, is that what you don't realize is like uh, uh, what what no one realizes is, and this is because we're all brainwashed, and I'll show you this one, UCC 3-603, right? So now that we've covered, now the word tender, right? A lot of people see that legal tender or tender of payment, right? The word tender means unconditional offer to perform. So like when you when you write back and you say, hey, I didn't realize I was doing a, a blank endorsement. I'm actually doing a full endorsement. Here's my new endorsement. Please exchange this, what's called a collateral security. That's how the, 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 the Federal Reserve calls it a collateral security because you're going to send in that collateral security to the Federal Reserve in exchange for Federal Reserve notes. They're going to keep that collateral security. I don't know why. I don't know what they do with those. But uh, when you when you unconditionally offer a payment or a settlement or 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 performance, that's called tendering. So tendering a payment, right? And then payment means, like I just said, payment means uh, the f- the fulfillment of a promise or the performance of an agreement, right? So tender of payment means an unconditional offer to fulfill a promise or perform on an agreement, right? That's what tender of payment actually means. No one, no one knows that, right? So, so, so UCC 3-603, UCC 3 is the whole section of the Uniform Commercial Code that covers negotiable instruments and securities and how all this works, right? So this is where all the power is at. This turns you into a fucking behemoth monster tank instantly, section B. So it's a lot of words. I will I will try to simplify this. If tender of payment of an obligation to pay an instrument is made by a person entitled to enforce the instrument. So so what that means is if you if you if you unconditionally offer anything that settles some sort of a agreement or performs on an agreement, and and you are the holder or the person who's entitled to say what goes on with that instrument, aka the person who's supposed to sign the instrument. And the tender is refused, there is discharge to the extent of the amount of the tender of the obligation. And you actually have a right of recourse with respect to the obligation to which the tender relates. So so what they're saying here is that when you when you do when you fix this up and you do a restrictive or a full or a qualified endorsement and you send the documentation back, people believe that only you as the debtor, which you're not the debtor, you're the creditor, can default on the loan. But what's funny is that it, when you do this, like, and they send you that letter, we're not accepting your payment, that letter becomes irrefutable evidence that they actually defaulted on the loan. And you actually have the right to go after them for breach of contract. So the same way that the 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 credit card company or the bank goes after you for not paying you can do the exact same thing to them when they say no to your payment. You can, you so can go after them for blood instantly. The second you get that letter that says we're not going to accept that as a payment, that letter just became breach of contract and you can actually win damages. You can win all your money. You can win everything. That letter just became your golden ticket to complete victory in the courts. So is this why they'll ignore or say they didn't get the the payment or the letter or something like that? But how how can it's they totally do that? random? No, I would say I would say literally the answer to the question is people just don't know. Even the people processing all these documents, they just don't know. 
They don't have a clue. I agree with that. Totally. I think that's why back in the beginning of our conversation, when you said it's much easier to deal with the courts and then the IRS, and then credit cards are the hardest, that's why. Because the courts are super informed of the law and the credit card companies aren't. And especially the people they hire at minimum wage to answer phones and process paperwork, they have no idea what's going on. They get a blank piece of paper that comes in or just with a stamp and no check, no money, no payment, no payment, according to what they believe a payment is. They're just going to be like, well, this is fucked up. I don't I have no idea what this is. But the court knows those definitions. Right. But so I did have this question when we were talking about it the other day. I guess if you're paying in full on a credit card, there's a different address you send it to. Is that because those people mm-hmm. might know more about stuff like this? And so, are, so I cover that in some of my videos. There, in the card member agreement for certain types of financial institutions, they say specifically that restrictively endorsed instruments or any special endorsed instruments are actually supposed to go to a different address. And what's funny is that the normal address is a PO box. And the secondary address is a different P.O. box in the exact same post office. It's always a different box in the same post office. So it's the legal team that takes those ones. It's probably like a more educated team. Yeah, it's probably like a team that 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 they 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 would definitely know more information about restri- special endorsements because it literally says special endorsements are supposed to go to that address. So in fact, in fact, it even says, in fact, it even says that in the, in the, a lot of the card member agreements that if you send restrictively endorsed instruments to any address besides this one, we can simply just reject it or deny it or whatever. And there's nothing you can do about it. But, but if you send it to that specific address, they take it more seriously. I don't, I don't know if people are, I I get all this information, you know, oh, they told me to go fuck myself. Oh, they gave me this. Oh, they said they never got the payment. And then some people are like, oh, I did it. And they, they zeroed out the account or, oh yeah, I got a free car. It's that, but like, I don't, I'm not like digging through all of these people's documents all the time. It takes so much time. I got clients. I've got a personal life. Like I'm not. I just issue the information and then people report back. And then if I find something really fascinating, like for example, this chick who just got the the fully loaded Escalade, like fucked, I would like to see all her documents. I have already requested that from her. Uh, so, you know, like those, those kinds of things, when I see the big successes, I do like to see those documents, but I'm not always looking. The sales rep who helped her was a huge fan of yours because the sales rep who helped her was completely in the know on what she was talking about. Yeah, that's not very common. Uh, and when I say not very common, I mean that never happens. So uh, that was a very unique situation. Uh, we are going to be seeing more and more of that as time goes on, because obviously this is getting really big. But, uh, you know, I mean, sales guys want to sell cars. If they knew this information, they could they could literally buy themselves single handedly in probably about 48 hours. They could sell every car on the entire lot and they could sell every car that's that's scheduled to be dropped off at the lot all the way up to like 30 to 60 days of every single future delivery of every single car, like to the point where they would they would literally just they wouldn't even have a a, 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 a dealership anymore. The dealership would just might as well just close its doors and fire everybody because they're all going to have so much fucking money and no one needs to work anymore because everything's sold. Have you seen any difference in, uh, especially if you're sending it to a different address that, that are supposedly more in the know, is there a, is it better to send it certified mail or does that fucking not matter at all? 
Well, if you send it certified mail, they have to actually sign for it. So again, you're building your case. Do you want to build your case with evidence that they received the parcel? Or do you want to build your case with uh, no evidence that they received the parcel? What if the court asked you, what evidence do you have that they actually received the parcel? What evidence do you have that they received your instructions, your payment, your endorsement? What evidence do you have that they received it? Yeah, certified mail all the way, for sure. You want to track everything, keep everything. Yeah, keep in mind, like, I don't think you should treat these people like your enemy, but I think that you should be building your case at all times. Because, you know, if you don't build your case now, then you're going to fall flat on your face and you have to do it all over again. Yeah, there's no reason to even be angry about it. It's just doing what the right thing is. You're just doing what's right for you. Yeah. So once you tender the payment and once you have a signature stating that they've received that tender of payment, it's a done deal. And when they when they send you that letter that says we didn't receive it, you fucking did receive it. And when they send you a letter saying we're not going to process your payment, you just won. They just defaulted. It seems pretty uh, clear cut. I, I am waiting for those uh, templates to come out, though, for the summons and complaint, because that's where I would be like, I don't know exactly what to say here. <clears throat> but yeah, if you can. I mean, are you going to be doing that for people or are you just going to be basically representing people in court? Uh, I, I have a feeling all this shit can be won. So, so I'm doing a lot of research right now in terms of the difference between an attorney at law and an attorney in fact. Okay. So an attorney in fact, which is what I am, doesn't need any licenses, doesn't need any schooling, doesn't need anything. All you need is a signed and notarized power of attorney. And you can look that up all over the internet. That's not People are so shocked. Oh my God, there's no fucking way. And like, I, I was dealing with a lawyer on this real estate deal the other day, and he's like, You're not even a fucking uh, licensed attorney in the state of Minnesota. I'm not even going to talk to you. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, All right, dude. Like, you don't even know the difference between an attorney at law and an attorney in fact, which is pathetic. Uh, because the thing is, is that an attorney at, in fact, from the research that I'm doing right now, can't really present on behalf of someone else in the court. So the way it would work with an attorney, in fact, is as far as I can tell right now with my research is it would be a pro se situation, meaning like the, the my client would be presenting on behalf of himself. And then you would put in there, if you want to, assisted by or assistance of counsel by Brandon Joe Williams. Gotcha. But, I but, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be representing the client. Do you see the difference? Right. I would be like, I would be like a buddy that is assisting the client to present on their own behalf, pro se, basically. For sure. Or like heavily coaching them and then assisting them. Yeah. So, so as of right now, that looks like how it works as far as I can tell from my research. So, uh, but the thing is, is that you can, you can write documents on behalf of a pro se litigant, have the pro se litigant read the document and then, they're going to, you can even put, uh, you know, on the signature page, you put like document uh, uh, created by my name, or you don't even need to necessarily. And then you just have the client read the whole thing, understand it, and then realize like, hey, you're signing this as if it's you. You're signing this understanding what this is. You're signing this as though you wrote it. Like, this is all you, bro. Like, you know, uh, I would assume something like that would be fine as a as an attorney, in fact, you know, so... So you can still you can still move through the court systems without having any sort of license, without having any sort of formal education. You can be a lawyer immediately, uh, as far as I can tell. There's no 
There's no reason why you can't. And actually, in fact, pro se is a lot easier. Uh, the the rules come way down in terms of what they require you to know and what they require you to do. Uh, there's more assistance. You can do free stuff through the uh the the pauperization forms. You can get you can get going for free. There's other advantages. Uh, you waive your rights when you take on an attorney at law. Uh, because you're basically saying that you uh, can't present yourself. You're essentially saying that you you don't have the ability to present yourself at all. So it's kind of like, it's sort of like what happens is that when you say, I don't have the capacity to speak on my own behalf, and then five minutes later, you stand up and say, I have rights. They're yeah. like, sit down, child, sit down, child. You're fucking retarded. Yeah, right? Basically, right? <laughs> Your parent is here. You've already, yeah, you've already waived all that. You just need to sit down because we're going to, the, 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 the adults are talking. The adults are talking. Yeah. You talk when we say you talk. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people get fucked in the, in the court system because they take on an attorney at law. And as soon as you take on that attorney at law, you're fucked. That's why an attorney in fact is way better because, uh, the the power of attorney that you're going to be signing with your attorney, in fact, which is a, a non-licensed legal professional. I mean, professional is is hard to define because it's it's going to be anything. You know, who knows what you're going to get? You have to just look and see can they perform right. But uh, an attorney, in fact, uh, in in the power of attorney, it delineates all the details of what the contract's going to be like. For example, you can say. Uh, you know, I'm just assist like the way I write my power returns with my clients is like, I'm just assisting the client. The client's not waiving any rights. The client's not a retarded. The client's not a child. The client's trying as hard as they can to understand the legal system, trying as hard as they can to understand and, and educate themselves on a regular basis as quickly as possibly as they can. Like I put all that in the POA and I basically like, like pump up and power up the client. That's what you're doing. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you do it that way and you're pro se, you it, it can be more nerve wracking for the client because they're the one in the driver's seat. But you know what's going to happen is they're going to have way more power in the court, and and they're also going to have like a crazy educational experience because then on the other side of that, especially if they win, they're going to be like, "Holy Jesus, I just fucking won! Like, I just presented myself on a court of law and I won." And that that is probably one of the most empowering things that anyone can ever do because when when you can present yourself in the court and you can win tickets mean nothing police mean nothing courts mean nothing summons mean nothing uh securities sec means nothing uh uh the 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 employment development department means nothing the irs means nothing like everything that you you're afraid of in your life instantaneously goes way down on the fear scale cuz you know you can present yourself in court so like what the fuck are they going to do bro like they can't do shit and plus once you know a lot of this information about securities and everything else no one will ever win no against you it's completely impossible so the day you die you could be in litigation every single week no one's ever going to win against you it's never going to happen yeah and that's the main thing everybody's afraid of uh, not going to court that's why people pay their tickets they don't want to fucking go to court Nobody wants to go to court, but you can do a lot of this. It sounds like, especially with, uh, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but especially with the mortgage thing, it seems like that'll mostly just be settled out of court. It doesn't sound like they would. Well, even the, no, the biggest up. issue, the biggest issue by far is that these big bullies, these big mafia organizations are doing so many fucking horrific, crazy ass felonies. And what everyone's doing on my side of the, of the, of the equation 
is they're running around just trying to discharge their loans. It's almost like there's a big bully in town and the bully took your lunch money. And all you're trying to do is just, I just want my lunch money back. I just want my lunch money back. And the bully's like, ha ha ha, you're fucking retarded. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what needs to happen, what needs to change is like, what we're doing now is, 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 is getting a group of people together. It's sort of like, I'm, I'm just trying to turn this into like an illustration, right? That you can understand. And it's like, you're, you're learning martial arts, you're, you're lifting weights and you're coming back and you're saying, look, you can't be doing this to me and you can't be doing it to anybody else. Now you're going to pay me your lunch money for the next month. You're going to give me all your lunch money back. And if you don't, I'm taking everything. I'm taking your bicycle. I'm taking your shirt. I'm taking your pants. I'm taking your underwear. I'm taking your shoes. I'm taking photos of you and I'm making a fucking fool of you on the internet. And I'm going to make fun of you and destroy your reputation. Right. And you're not doing it from a point of like anger and vengeance and bloodshed. You're doing it from a point of like, you know, lady justice, lady justice has the two pendulums. You're balancing the pendulums. That bully, you're not going to that bully and shanking him in the throat with a fucking shaved down toothbrush. That would be vengeance and bloodshed and extreme. But you're you're doing something to show that bully that there are consequences and that this behavior needs to end because it's highly illegal. In that same process, you're getting an absolute mind-bending amount of money out of the process. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars plus a free house. <laughs> so to me, I feel like that kind of thinking is very motivating and it transforms the idea of, oh, I don't want to go to court. I'm scared to, well, fuck for $50 million. I'll sign me up, bro. I'll fucking, I'll swim with alligators $50 million. You know what I mean? So, so it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's a mindset shift that then changes that fear and anxiety associated with going to court to fuck it. I don't care. I'm willing to risk it for $50 million in a free house. That sounds great. And now they become enthusiastic. Yeah, maybe there's still a little anxiety. Yeah, maybe there's still a little bit of fear, but a lot of that fear and anxiety gets transmuted into more of like an enthusiasm or an excitement or a holy fuck, $50 million in a free house. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. People go on Fear Factor and eat fucking cave spiders for ten thousand dollars. But you know what 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 will someone do for fifty million in a free house, bro? I mean, there's there's game shows where people are doing all sorts of crazy ass shit. It ain't fifty million dollars in a free house, but people jumping out of fucking planes with no parachute. Fifty million dollars in a free house. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Will you yeah. get a heart? Will you get open heart surgery and we're gonna replace your your heart with this fucking you know, half plastic potato that we have yeah, for $50 million, bro. Cut me open. We'll do it right now. Get the, get the fucking whiskey. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like, you know, yeah, court is scary, but I mean, this is a big payout. This is a huge fucking payout. And plus not only that, this gets even crazier. Now let's say, let's say you do it once and you have success. You're going to have the whole world lined up at your house and you're going to say, I want half of everything that I make. And you're just doing $50 million deals all day long, making $25 million every seven to 10 days. Well, it would put all the mortgage companies out of business. It would reshape the way that homes are bought and sold. You would 
not have those companies around anymore. It would change society That's, completely. I was, was going to close exactly. on that before we get out of here is how quick, how many times could people do this or how many people could do this before the banks go, shit, we have to lobby, get these laws changed or do something like, could they even do that? They're not going to change. None of this is going to change. This is all very old. None of this is going to change. The, the only thing they can do is they can they can the only the only real exit strategy that I see for the banks because that's what's exactly what's going to happen very very soon is they can they can especially with what's going on over with Putin and all that they're they're going gold back gold and silver back and precious metal back uh that's their only exit strategy is to is to is to is to smash gold and silver underneath the currency again and to restructure the 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 currency as silver certificates uh and gold certificates now now what will happen if that occurs uh all this infinite money all this crazy outrageous inflation goofiness uh is all gone so you can't go out and sign documents and get a free car or a free house any longer which sucks but it's badass because it's going to help all the people who don't understand this so it's going to it's going to suck for all the people who do understand this like me which is like point zero 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 one percent of the population, but it's going to be fucking badass for the ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population because the buying power of the dollar is going to go up by like sixty to one hundred and twenty times. So, like, let's say for example, you go out and you buy a sandwich and you see that it's twenty dollars and you're like, "What the fuck? Twenty dollars for a fucking sandwich? You fucking kidding me?" That's how I feel sometimes right like this is ridiculous that that sandwich is going to go down to like the kind of prices you would see like in 1913 it's like it's like three cents for a sandwich <laughs> now you're not going to have a minimum wage of 17 dollars an hour you're going to have a minimum wage of like you know uh 40 cents an hour or 50 cents an hour but but you're going to be able to buy a home working at mcdonald's you could buy a home, have have three brand new cars, beautiful home, four kids, brand new bicycles, trampoline in the back, pool, jacuzzi, two stories, like decked the fuck out. Only the husband is working and he's flipping burgers at McDonald's. What about all the money that we already have in the bank when this happens? What happens to that money? Who knows? You're not going to care. Really, you're not going to care. You can buy a brand new house working at McDonald's in four, five, six months flipping burgers. It, 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 the, the significance of it is just going to go way down because you're basically what you're doing is you're hitting the reset button on inflation. And it seems like that's going to be happening one way or another soon. Because And people just talk about Nasara Jasara. There's going to be people who are going to comment on this video. Oh, Nasara Jasara. It's coming. It's coming. You know, I don't like... It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Unless I'm fucking getting laid. You know what I mean? Like then it's okay. <laughs> but besides that, like I don't I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Like if people fucking toot that bullshit horn. When I hear you know, it's coming, I'm coming. It's like what 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 I hear in my ears is I'm not doing shit and this is my excuse. That's what I hear. I'm I'm not gonna do anything because you know, in a month or six months or 47 years when the whole planet is is being run like fucking Terminator and there's cyborgs lasering us all and we're all fucking dead and, and on fire. It's not going to matter because we're going to have Nisara Jasara. So, so, so no, it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe Nisara Jasara will be here. Yeah, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. There's going to be people who are going to comment on that. Who goes, you know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that were supposed to be here. A lot of things that are going to, we're going to happen. I mean, fuck climate change. 
The, the world's supposed to fucking be over 10, 20, 50 times already from climate change. It was supposed to be 1982, and then it was supposed to be 1986, and then it was supposed to be uh, 1992, uh, and then it was supposed to be 1996. We're, we're, we should all be dead 10 times over if the climate people are all fucking true. You know what I mean? So if we want to make the change, we need to make the change. And and the truth is for a limited time, for a limited time, you know, I'm like fucking uh, Billy, Billy, who's that? <laughs> Who's that one guy? Who's the one guy? Like, uh, uh, oh, wait, know. there's more. Billy, the, the guy with the beard who did all the cocaine and died. What was his name? Was it Billy Mays? Billy Mays. Yeah. Billy Mays. Another fantastic product, right? Oh. So, <laughs> so if I were to do a Billy Mays on this, it would be, uh, get all the free shit while you can. Because the thing is, is that these doors are closing. And the cool thing about it is you're, you're going to get a free house. You're going to get a free car and, and you're contributing to, the end of the fiat money by doing so you're literally contributing to a beautiful new world by going out and getting yourself a free house and a free car and 20 million dollars you're going to make yourself rich and change the world at the same time how fucking badass is that and the thing is is that the, the day that that this system breaks down and people actually understand the way it works and they demand that it be changed back to uh, a gold and silver based system everyone wins I mean, yeah, we can't do infinite money anymore, but who? I, dude, I really don't care. I really don't care because I don't. I'm not going to be flipping burgers at McDonald's, okay? So I, I'll be, dude. I could buy a brand new house. The kind of money I make and what with what I do, and anyone who's a professional in any way, a doctor or a lawyer, uh, they could probably buy a brand new house in like three weeks of working at the kind of salaries they're going to have. So, you know, it, it's 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 all the money that's being produced right now is all going and funneling straight into the banks. All that value when the gold and silver back currencies come back is all going to flow into the society, not the banks. They suck 99% of the value of everything that comes anywhere from anywhere. That's why you got to work like literally 100 times harder. People are struggling. You see homelessness. Homelessness occurs because the, the system is, is a smokescreen. Nobody knows who to blame for inflation. This endorsement system and the exchanging of the negotiable instruments and the exchanging of these promissory notes, this is how inflation is caused. This is exactly how it's caused. And then it's a smokescreen because nobody knows, so they don't know who to blame, so the banks get away with it because the inflation just comes from some unknown magical source. This is where it comes from. Today on this show with the endorsements on all these things, same with insurance policies, Insurance policies are also securities that you can endorse. You can pay your whole insurance policy instantaneously by signing the insurance policy in a certain way. Your lease agreement for your apartment that you rent is a security. You can sign it. Do you know what happens? Do you know, do you know what a lease agreement is when you turn it in with a restrictive endorsement? Huh? It's a security deposit. Oh, shit. <laughs> For the entire value of the entire lease of the entire year. It's a full prepayment. So do you have to do it once a year? Yeah. Same with insurance policies. Yeah. Every time they send you the policy and the pay little pay coupon, you just. Yep. Thank you for the thank you so much, trustee, for the security that you've sent me. Uh, I've enclosed a restrictively a restrictive endorsement on said security. Uh, please. 
exchange of security with the Federal Reserve as per the Federal Reserve Act Section 16, Part 2, and also 31 CFR 328.5 and 328.6, or whatever else you want to put on there. There's information in all my videos as to how all this works, and if you want to get into it in more detail, you can look at 31 CFR 328.5. You can look at, uh, I believe it's 12 USC 412. 12 USC 412. Yeah, uh, 12 USC 412 is the Section 16 Part 2 of the Federal Reserve Act, but they just take the word again. They just slap it into the United States Code. So you can literally, it says application for notes, collateral required. And it says... It says right here, uh, you can you can exchange if you have a collateral security, which is all the shit we're talking about in this show is all collateral securities. You can offer it to the Federal Reserve, and they will, without question, uh, exchange that collateral security for Federal Reserve notes. So the Federal Reserve, everyone believes that the Federal Reserve is the most evil organization in the world, which it actually pretty much is. But what's funny is, uh, we, with this with this knowledge, you're turning the Federal Reserve into the coolest organization in the world. Because what's happening is, is that they're going to pay for everything that you've ever wanted instantaneously. Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve just became your trust fund trustee. Oh, that sounds so nice. I would you're, love to you're, you're basically a multi-trillionaire and the Federal Reserve uh, is just waiting to buy you literally anything you've ever wanted, essentially. If you, if you change your mentality and you think of it that way and you understand how this whole process works... That's exactly what is about to happen for every single person who understands this information. Awesome. Well, dude, we appreciate you coming back on again so much. Uh, he has been Brandon Joe Williams from onestupidfuck.com. Link will be in the notes. And his whole free course is there and additional uh, resources. And of course, you can always reach out to him. Uh, I don't know if he'll answer every email. I'm sure you get a lot, but we appreciate yeah. you coming on. And uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. We'll awesome, see you guys. Thank time. you. I'm sure. Love it. Love it.